The Cannabis Conversation. A European perspective on the emerging legal cannabis industry. Welcome to the Cannabis Conversation, where we explore the new legal cannabis industry by speaking to the professionals that are helping to shape it. Today, I've got a very impressive guest. Her name is Hannah Skingle, and she's from Dragonfly Biosciences. These guys are one of the leading CBD companies in Europe, and they're a really impressive company. They've been stocked in many major stores in the UK, and they're really setting the standards for the industry, which is great because I think it drags everyone up as well in order to compete, and that raises standards all around. There are so many kind of dodgy products on the market which claim to have CBD or have poor quality CBD in them. And the worst thing about these cheap products is that it may be someone's first interaction with CBD. And if it's not good, it could just completely put you off. So the more respectable sellers there are out there who take quality and purity very seriously, I think it's good for all of us. Anyway, I'll get cracking. Hope you enjoy the show. Today, we have Hannah Skingle on the show. Hannah is COO of Dragonfly Biosciences, one of Europe's leading CBD companies. Hannah is a fantastic example of a young entrepreneurial leader in the cannabis space. So it'd be great to get her views on the opportunities and challenges that lie ahead for the industry. Hannah, welcome. Thank you very much. Why don't we dive straight in and and talk a bit about what Dragonfly do? Yeah, sure. So Dragonfly Biosciences was started in 2017. We're a seed-to-shelf cultivator, extractor, formulator and distributor of CBD products and cannabis-derived products. Predominantly, we're really focusing on CBD, considering the like massive growth in the market. We distribute in a lot of UK major retailers, such as Boots, Tesco, Sainsbury's, Day-Lewis, Rollins, a lot of independent pharmacies as well. And we're kind of looking to increase that traction as we move to other European countries. We really believe in kind of high standards and that we are the forefront of creating new policy and really setting the standards for everyone else. Of course, I'm sure you can hear it with all CBD companies, everything is batch tested. We actually do batch test everything. We test it um, from when the plant is growing, the seeds, we test it once it's been extracted and then run through HPLC, it's then tested again. We then quality control during formulation and everything follows its batch number. And we do that for every single product. And we also ensure that we are heavy metal free, which is a big problem in the industry, and just really push for the safety of the consumer as kind of our main priority. Great, fantastic. Just for the audience's benefit, when you say seed to shelf, mm-hmm. that means that you're you have oversight of every single part of the yeah. process. So we're vertically integrated. We grow everything in Bulgaria, just outside of Bulgaria, where one of our co founders is based. And we then go over the border to Romania to extract. Just as a note, we cultivate outdoors, we cultivate sativa, um, we cultivate EU licensed strains and we do this under GAP. It then goes to our extraction facility, which we have just built, uh, which has been a, a long old hard slog. And we've built that to GMP standards and we're now just awaiting our 
final sign off. And sorry, what's uh, GMP standards mean? Good, good manufacturing practices. So it's essentially standards set out in kind of the pharmaceutical world to ensure that there are no contaminants in any of the products and that everything is kept very like hygiene clean and your products of a good quality and there's no risk of cross contamination, etc. It also involves a lot of quality assurance checks and specific quality control managers at every single stage of the process who are absolute experts in that space so a gmp product is a high quality product effectively yeah yeah yeah. i mean it's gone through every kind of quality assurance check that you can imagine so yeah cool and so if you're i mean it's pretty mad eh, that that you're stocked in all these massive shops Mm. yeah i think you know it's a funny thing, really, because Dragonfly actually set out as our strategy to be a bulk supplier of CBD. We knew by having so 420 hectares of land and having, you know, 230 to 240,000 kilograms of flour per harvest, that realistically we weren't going to be able to do that all through brand. So our main strategy was, well, let's go out and let's sell to nutraceuticals and uh, as an active ingredient and we can white label products for people and we can really be that good source of high quality ingredient that people are looking for. But what we found around kind of March last year that actually we we did need to start pushing a brand out there. So we kind of decided to create a couple of kind of mock-ups and then we really started attacking selling branded goods in August last year. And because I could really see that there was such a space in, in the market, like a lot of major retailers were kind of sitting back, they weren't picking up CBD, even though every kind of small independent health shop that you walked into anywhere all over the country had... M- a range of brands so I thought there must be there's something missing there's, there's a reason behind that and so yeah we just kind of started approaching these retailers uh, with our distribution managers and then yeah we got really good uptake mm-hmm. and and started stocking all across the UK we're just about to launch a new range in Harrods as well wow so that's pretty exciting okay the establishment is is listening yeah that's good <laughs> love to hear that really exciting stuff and it sounds like I mean that's a it's a huge quantity that you're producing. So clearly that shows there's a, there's a good level of demand. We, a few weeks ago, talked about cannabinoids in general and um, with Dr. Henry Fisher. And he was talking about the fact that there's over 100 cannabinoids, mm-hmm. not just THC and CBD. Are you looking at some of the other ones as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have within our extraction facility, we do have capacity to look into all different types of cannabinoids. We can look into CBG. CBN and where it's not controlled have the like the licensing to do that however kind of the demand at the minute in Europe really seems to be focusing on CBD should someone specify a different cannabinoid we will say yeah sure we'll give it a go but we have to go through quite a stringent test testing process as you can imagine mm. in order to ensure kind of like the quality etc uh, but yeah that's something we definitely have the capacity to deal with great that sounds you know very exciting you alluded to the fact that it's cbd is very popular there are lots of brands what do you think dragonfly's usp is in, in amongst the many number of brands available i think being actually vertically integrated a lot of other brands kind of allude to being a full seed to shelf but they don't actually control those processes they they might they might know their source and i'm sure they know their source really well i think sometimes that can be a bit of an issue i think a massive part of cbd is trust and what I always say to new customers that we have like contacting us a lot of the time is that before we sold a single product 
we essentially spent a year and a half building the back end. So a lot, a lot of other companies kind of like rushed in and um, there's loads of great companies out there and would never kind of, you know, brand bash as it was. But we really took our time, you know, no revenue during that time. It's pretty tough, like raising finance during that period. Also really tough gig to kind of do. But we wanted to do that because our, our the forefront of Dragonfly is consumer safety and producing a high quality product. I think also we're really transparent with testing and we can supply everyone with documents. I know lots of other people also do this as well, but, you know, we're happy for people to blind test our products. We're happy to send them to a lab that they trust. It's really all about building that that trust process. I think if you come in and say, you know, we're the biggest, we're the best and no one else can comment and not listen on what the consumer is asking for, then I think that's the difference. That's a... Very powerful argument, I think. Quality, I think, is a really important aspect because it's a very unknown mm-hmm. and very new substance that, that mm-hmm. people are seeing a lot of promise in. Mm-hmm. But as always in a kind of gold rush situation, there are some less scrupulous people that may come to market. So it's good to know that there's people sort of flying the flag for, you know, high quality. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you know, quality is everything in this business, particularly when you're... Um, ingesting it yeah. <laughs> yeah sure absolutely so in relation to cbd and, and was mentioned in one of our previous shows as well there's recently been some announcements in relation to something called the novel foods regulations mm-hmm. and just for the audience i'm going to try and explain what that is briefly and get your view mm-hmm. but please correct me if i get this wrong yeah, sure. so i think effectively what it is the european commission has said that cbd is a novel food and therefore if you want to sell it, you need authorization. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, so essentially CBD has been on the novel foods catalogue within the novel foods catalogue for quite some time. The whole idea about the novel foods catalogue, it's, it's, it's all to do with consumer safety again. So when we're looking at novel foods, it's all to do with mass consumption within the European market. So what, what the EFSA are looking for is... Foods that were consumed en masse pre-15th of May 1997, they do not need authorization because they believe they're safe for human consumption as they've been consumed en masse and therefore the risk is a lot lower. However, foods that begin being consumed post-15th of May 1997 may require novel food authorization. This is, you know, again, to ensure consumer safety. And what we had pre-18th of January this year CBD was on the North Foods catalogue, but it made reference to source material and was all about if the extract is essentially native, or this can be interpreted, if the extract is native and the percentage of your yield in your plant is, say, 5%, and then your finished product is 5%, that's okay. That doesn't require authorization. However, anything above that, your yield, your proven yield, may or should uh, require authorization to go onto the market. Now, on the 18th of January, we had a, a change which actually was not CBD specific. It was cannabinoids and all kind of that fall under cannabinoids. And in this new statement, it claims native, but also enriched. So things like using isolate and also synthetic. So it's kind of put everything into the novel food catalogue. And so now all CBD products do require authorization. Now, the interesting thing usually with novel foods is that typically something goes on the catalogue before it hits the market. 
However, in this case, it was in it was in the catalogue, but people were abiding by the rules, most of them, and that, by this source material. And then they changed it, which is quite different approach to normal thing, other other foods like innovative foods or chia seeds is a good example so yeah that's kind of why there was a lot of hysteria now dragonfly actually are in the process of, of novel foods authorization but we do believe there may be some gracing time with uh, cbd products on the market however of course this is not we're not sure about that yet. right yeah. yeah i expect there's a lot up in the air and with general brexit shenanigans it's yeah. no one knows what's going on but yeah. so i mean technically since they released this mm. Is it a new set of regulations or is it an announcement or... Um... Uh, it's just an update on the catalogue, which is, it, okay. which is you know, it's law. It's, yep. it's legally binding. However, sometimes with EU regulation, there seems to be a theme of some EU member states not necessarily aligning their local bodies with the European body. Understood, <laughs> yes. So, yeah, that's kind of where everything sits with their food i mean however that being said is that i'm working with, with a group of people at the minute and we it may not even need authorization if we can prove the mass consumption of cbd that has been extracted historically which we have actually got quite a lot of evidence then it may be withdrawn from the novel foods catalogue altogether. However, I don't know whether I'm dreaming <laughs> um, and if you do have any evidence of that mass consumption then do email me yes <laughs> Please write in. Cool. Okay. Thank you. That seems like a a bit of a spanner in the works, but but you guys are working through it, both trying to challenge it, but also get the necessary authorizations if needed. Yeah. I mean, we we are really for regulation. I really believe that this market needs to be regulated, and I think particularly in the food sup kind of segment of cannabis that it is crying out for some regulation. But what it's not kind of crying out for is blanket bans which really does, like, if you think about the impact that could have, it really could push a lot of consumers into like black market. You know, there's lots of kind of arguments why it needs regulating, but there's also no reason why it needs to be withdrawn altogether because yeah. it's been on the market. You know, people are buying it from their local pharmacies. You know, community pharmacies are taking it out in their, in their cars and delivering it to people. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's kind of already too mainstream for such yeah. strong regs. Yeah, I think... You know, given that it's all everyone's kind of learning from the fresh here, there's 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 going to be inevitable teething problems, mm. and and this is probably a good example of one that has affected this. It would be good now to actually just kind of talk more about you uh, and mm. and your kind of personal story, if that's okay. I hope you don't mind me mentioning, but you're no. you're only 25, and I'm so it's quite an achievement, I think, to to be the COO of a you know a market leading company in this in this area. Uh, at such a young age how do you feel about the whole your kind of journey into cannabis and where you are now yeah I think lucky is is the first kind of thing that springs to mind I mean I didn't have kind of the typical um you know story that then leads you to get into cannabis scenario I had a bit of a I didn't like my old job and wasn't sure what to do next and then I saw an ad uh, on a startup platform that I was constantly reviewing for an admin assistant at Dragonfly Biosciences. And I thought, well, I can go, I can do, go and do, you know, a bit of admin. I don't really know about this, what this cannabis stuff's about, really. And then what I can do in the evenings, I can apply for jobs. And that will give me, like, you know, real functioning. And then I can really work out what I want to do. But sure. I need to do something that's not as stressful as what I'm doing currently. I'd just come out of a master's from LSE. And so I just really needed to kind of work, work it out. 
Anyway, within three days of being at Dragonfly, the co-founder was like, oh, I'm not really sure if you're admin or, you know, maybe you should do something like business development, something like that. And then kind of from there, I just said yes to everything, anything I could get my hands on, any projects, like doing a bit of the branding, kind of if it's investment related, if it was logistics, like working out how to do warehousing, what the hell barcodes, how you do that. And like all, all of that kind of element, I just said yeah, all right, I'll do it. And I'm really fortunate, actually, to be like the, the three co-founders of the company, uh, Mark, Rados and Chris. They're all, you know, entrepreneurs. That's their kind of entire background. And I was lucky in a sense that they didn't turn around and look at someone of my age and be like, okay, lacks experience. Really, what can she bring to the table? They just said, well, like, you know, we were entrepreneurs when we were young. So, yeah, kind of crack on. And they just allowed me to kind of do anything and then ended up with, like, running out of time and even to hire staff and then just kind of builds it from there. Um, so it's kind of been a wild year and a half <laughs> to, to, how, to how I got here. But I love it. And my poor family and poor boyfriend, because all they do is take the mick out of me in the cannabis space. See, I live and breathe this my entire life now. You know, <laughs> I love it. And that's really good. This, I mean, so much I love about hearing that story from your founders seeing talent and kind of acting on it and grabbing you when they could and just getting you involved in any way that they can. But also your attitude for just sort of just pitching in and wanting to get involved in everything. So well done, congratulations. Thank you. I'm sure. I'm sure that. The hard work is still yet to come as well. But yeah, no, I mean, it's really good. One of the themes of this show, as well as predominantly being about cannabis, is also about career change because no one's done cannabis before. No one's done it for more than about a year. So there isn't this backlog of experience that you can call upon. So both employers and employees are going to have to be a bit more nimble and think differently about these sort of decisions. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, you know, going back to your position and how you how you got there as well, do you, do you think this, I mean, clearly Dragonfly is progressive business, but yeah. do you think it has a kind of wider representation of the cannabis industry in general being more progressive in terms of how they employ yeah I, I think that's its history you know it's come from a lot of campaigners lobbyists looking for change which may not suit kind of the standard say kind of banking demographic criteria or you know something like that and so I think also a lot of people got into this industry through passion and just through kind of like seeing the change around them. And I also think that a lot of people, it's quite an entrepreneurial space. There is space for everyone, particularly at this stage. And so I think that really has opened up to the hiring process. I mean, even even with a Dragonfly, there's, you know, it's kind of, I can't take someone with a load of experience. I, I could get some North Americans, but a lot of the time they've been dealing with Indica and completely different regulations. And we're dealing with Sativa and completely the opposite and, and therefore, the kind of the best thing to do is just hire people that are driven, you know, whether they be kind of grads or just someone who wants to complete like change. And I think that opens up a lot of diversity within the space and just gives people time to just prove themselves. And I, and I really love that about it. Mm, yeah. I mean, it's great, isn't it? Lots of people I'm meeting are coming from very diverse backgrounds mm-hmm. and, and all very similar to you. And they, this is why the career change thing is really interesting. I think there's a lot of people who are dissatisfied with what they do and would like to do something different. And and there's this whole land of opportunity known as cannabis that is happening and about to happen. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I always welcome kind of anyone, just give it a go. Like, it might not be for you, 
but you might just enjoy like learning about it and then that learning as well really like facilitates the industry growing even if you don't want to take a career in it you just want to kind of come to events where you learn or panel discussions that also helps our cause growing the industry sure absolutely cool thank you given your your position in the cbd community what are the kind of interesting developments sort of uh, and innovations that you're seeing i mean I, i'm seeing cbd applied to virtually everything sometimes mm. quite hilariously i mean i saw cbd hummus the other day which made me laugh quite a lot but yeah. are there any kind of more <laughs> i mean i've had approaches about pretty much everything you know it's an ingredient it can be in food stuff it can be applied topically etc you name it it can be put in, in into anything so i think there's you know there's always going to be these kind of novel ideas that lack a lot of evidence and bioavailability and whatnot i think for me the most interesting areas in the space which actually dragonfly are really starting to get involved with is not only what to do with the flower but what to do with biomass obviously that is two three times the amount of actual flour that you've got you can use that within fuel you can also use it for r&d projects for housing you know really help impacts the what single-use plastic element so just to just to clarify biomass is the actual plant material yeah it's the matter it's the stalks and the leaves and there's all different stuff you can do with it i mean it's a great it's a great resource that we can't overlook particularly with the current climate and you know global warming is pending so not only are we kind of in the commercial cbd space we also really want to move in and we are moving in quite quite progressively into biomass um, and all the different uses for it. And they're they're some of my favourite innovations. Mm. I mean, alongside, you know, crazy things that people can do with the roots. This is uh, people are putting roots in all kinds of stuff now as well. Right. So Yeah, we spoke to uh, Steve Barron on a previous episode from Margent Farm. And he um, was talking about the frustration of growing it in the UK is that he he grows it for industrial hemp, so all the biomass that you just described yeah but then he has to throw away all the all the leaves and um i mean all the flowers yeah and all the control the potential yeah. cbd enrichment so yeah. i guess the fact that you could do both is, is two bites of the cherry mm. um, yeah do both have the licenses too and have the kind of space and capacity i think the one thing that you have to be careful with in cannabis which is so exciting about it is don't spread yourself too thin too quickly because you can see opportunity everywhere and you can see all different ways to get involved but I think what could really kill a company is trying to do all of it at once. There has to be a level of control, restraint, and really focus down into what is really important to you and your company mm. um, and where are you going to focus and, and where can you make the most impact. Yeah. So that's what we, we try and do without getting into too many crazy innovations. But believe me, they get pitched a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet they do. I bet they do. That's great. If you haven't already kind of talked about it, what, what do you think are the sort of biggest challenges to overcome to, to sort of make this... I mean, really, really take off. I think, of course, regulation, particularly in food sup area. I mean, that really does need some serious defining. I also think there's there's a real, I guess it's a new industry kind of thing, but the the kind of the competition side that for me, I find it quite not upsetting. I'm saying it's not quite the right word, but enlightening sometimes when I go and I speak to all these other people also in the CBD space. And what they, they kind of, everything's competition and they think, you know, stealing ideas and this and that. And I just think, no, this space is big enough for all of us. 
let's like do it correctly, really push forward, ensure, ensure the right regulations there, together right policy pieces, you know, cooperate, you know, for example, novel foods, co- uh, you can do combined uh, applications and really work together on, you know, what would be a good going forward movement for, for the industry. But sometimes it does, fu- it does appear a little bit over competitive mm. and i think we just need to snap out of that because i mean you know there's lo- you know there's loads of growth room you know what this industry is now in five years time is just crazy mm. and i think one thing that comes with that kind of high level of competition sometimes it also becomes quite a closed space and it's hard for people to break in i mean when you go to kind of some events and it's great because i see the same people all the time and i've like fallen in love with these people these people have a passion passion for cannabis they've been doing it for you know all two years ancient 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 in uk cannabis time and what i'm not seeing enough of is new people coming in that quickly you know there there are it's, it's a bit slow you know, when I go to an event and I know 80% of the room, I don't think we're doing something, we're doing something wrong. You know, what we should be doing is expanding, using other people's expertise from other industries, you know, really getting all sorts, every area can get involved in cannabis in some way or another and kind of opening, opening the arms a little bit more. And, you know, you know, there's plenty of, plenty of space for all of us. So kids. a little bit more. Kid, kid, kid. Yeah, no, I mean... Again, hopefully the, the, this podcast helps to um, spread the word a bit. And, and interesting what you said about collaboration, because I think we had a previous guest who was saying that in his area, there um, there is an, an element of co- collaboration between competitors and it seems to be helping. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that, that will change in, in, yeah. in the CBD space too. Cool. Okay. Well, look, Ed, I've got one more question. It's my traditional question that I like to ask people. What did your parents say when you told them that you were working in cannabis? <laughs> Well, my dad works with BlackSmithKline and has done his entire life. Okay. So they've got nothing to do with drugs, though, have they? Nothing at all. <laughs> nothing. So um, his reaction was quite interesting. I'm not really sure, and I think it took a little bit of time before he was really sure. But I knew that he was supportive when he took me up to the University of York to meet some of his contacts that are also getting involved in the space, and I thought. This is the moment of acceptance. And we were sitting on the train and he said, right, so I'm going to, I've got my notebook out and I want to write down everything about cannabis. Tell me, I know nothing. I was like, right, that is the moment. Um, With my mum, she is, she's a very proactive learner. Um, She's got a great attitude to everything that kind of comes her way. She always used to say to my sister and I were at school, I love it when you come home and teach me things. So for her, that was, it was pretty easy straight away. It's ringing us, telling her all about it. And I think, mind blown but now it's all good I mean like I've got my grandma on CBD you know <laughs> everyone in the family's taking it so I think you know it was accepted quite well that's good <laughs> that, I mean that's really good there's you know varying answers I get but uh, but generally quite supportive I think once people get it and they get past the stigma and the misinformation they it's, it's hard not to yeah. um, understand the appeal mm-hmm. and the trajectory oh absolutely i mean will it make me high it's still a question we get asked (laughs) (laughs) cool cool well thank you hannah it's been really really interesting to chat to you and um quite inspiring as well hope everyone out there enjoyed it and hope to see you again thank you very much me too thanks for joining us for that show i hope you found it really interesting and inspiring Uh, i i definitely did it's just a great story from hannah there both from an entrepreneurial side 
recognizing talent and taking a chance on someone even though they're relatively young but it's a great lesson for anyone that's sort of looking for a career change as well it's you know a real strong message to say just find a way in and then try and get involved in everything and you never know what might happen so i hope you all found that useful as always if you are enjoying the show please subscribe and share posts on social etc i had a little minor celebration this week i reached five thousand downloads for the podcasts so far which in i think 78 days which i'm really happy about and a thousand followers on instagram which apparently means something uh, i don't know what but <laughs> it's a big number for me anyway uh, yeah it's been great i keep telling you about it and and i'm hoping it continues so i will leave you now and i hope you have a great week mm-hmm.